0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Zoe Church Podcast. We're a church in Los Angeles that is centered around the person and the message of Jesus. Thank you to everyone that subscribes, comments, shares, likes. means the world to us. And thank you to everybody that partners with us to get the message of the gospel around the world. We are going to hear from a guest preacher. We're coming off of our Zoe Conference 2022 Awake O sleeper, out of Ephesians 5, verse 14, let the light of Jesus shine upon you. So we're going to hear from one of the guests that stayed back to preach to our church, and I hope you're encouraged, I hope you're blessed, hope you're ministered to today. Let's jump in to this message of faith, hope, and love today. i tell you what, I think you have the two best pastors in the entire world and uh, yeah, go ahead and put your hands together for Pastor Chad and Julie. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm honored to know you. I'm, I'm thankful for the day we met in Vegas of all places. We were good. We were there for church, and uh, we had a really good time. And then I got to come visit you in Pialop, Pialop, and uh, what a ministry there, and then when I heard that uh, the church was getting ready to be planted and we were just like there it's a no brainer this is this is an investment we must make and we believe in you so much and man 7 years and you've done so much but can you believe it like your best days are still come on can we give god some praise that 7 years is just the beginning and so i love you so much my life is better i'm happier I'm a better preacher, I'm a better friend, I'm a, I'm a better dad, all of that stuff. I really don't know what my life would look like without you and Monica and I both just love you so much and adore you and your children, and my wife is with me today, and you are a distraction, but I'm just going to focus over here. I have an iPad. In the first service my iPad, the camera opened when I touched touched it, and I thought, man, I must look really good today. My iPad wants to take a picture of me first thing. But if you have a Bible today, I'm going to Ephesians chapter 6. If not, they'll put it up on the screens for you. And I want to preach to you today from this thought, power over principalities. Power over principalities. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to jump into verse 10. We'll read a few verses, and then we'll pray, and we'll get into this word. So here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 6 and 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power or in the power of his might, one translation says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in, of evil in heavenly realms. One translation says powers and principalities. with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray, are you thankful for this series on prayer that Pastor Chad is doing, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Look at your neighbor and say, I am covered. I am covered. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We believe over these next few moments that you have brought us here today to speak to us so our hearts are open, our ears are attentive to hear what the Spirit would say. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, and because your presence is here, that means that anything is possible in the room today, so we go ahead and put our hands together right now, and we just say thank you that you're here, and my life is going to change today by the power of Jesus' name. The Bible is very clear here. and Paul is very clear with us. He's telling us, he says, hey, I just want to remind you that as you're walking in your Christian life, you have an enemy and you are all of, all of you, everyone in this room, we are in a war against an aggressive adversary. And I think sometimes we might not be fighting him, but we can be sure of one thing, he is fighting us. And I think there are a lot of people in the room who fall into maybe one, two, maybe a third category. But I think most people fall into these first two. I think either you're in the room and you're like, the devil isn't real. Just, it's just a metaphor. He's just maybe a force or an influence. And so you have no, no kind of relationship with that spiritual aspect of your relationship with God. And so you kind of put those things to the side. Or maybe you're in the room and you're like, yeah, Satan's real, but doesn't have really that big of an impact on my life, or maybe you're in the room today and you're like I was when I was growing up. The devil is in everything. You know what I'm talking about? Like your car breaks down and there's like a little demon inside of your carburetor and it's like, it's like messing with everything. And so there are people that think the devil's in everything. And, and I've come to the conclusion that everything isn't the devil, but some things are the devil. The Bible says this, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says in Luke 22 and 40, right before he goes into the garden to pray, he looks at his disciples and he says, hey, I want you to pray so that you do not fall into temptation. And this story is following a story where Jesus has been talking to Peter. And Jesus says to Peter in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32, he says this, he says, hey, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, but I have been praying for you. It's a real interesting story because there are two types of prayer going on. There's Jesus praying, and Jesus is also asking his disciples to pray. And the way Jesus prays, Jesus says, I've been praying for you. He says, even though the devil is after you, I've been praying for you so that when he comes and he attacks you and you will give in to this temptation, he tells Peter, he says, but don't worry, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And after you have returned, you will strengthen your brothers. How many of you are in the room today and you would just throw your hands up in the air and just say, Jesus, I just want to thank you that you are praying for me today, that you are praying for me. And I I think we have to see this distinction because Jesus tells Peter, he says, hey, listen, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to fall into temptation, but I'm going to pray for you so that you'll return. But he tells the disciples, he says, hey, I want you to. I want you to pray so you don't fall into temptation. So the the clear picture is is that falling is not a failure of the faith. Falling is a failure to recognize that we have an enemy who is after us. The psalmist said it this way, that my, my soul is chased down by the enemy. And so we have to come alive. How many of you know the theme of the conference this year is Awaken? and and the bible teaches us that we need to be alert in other words paul or peter says this he says in first peter 5:8 he says i want you to be alert i want you to be awake to the fact that you have an enemy who's running around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but how many of you are thankful that you have another lion on the inside of you the lion of the tribe of judah on the inside and i love it so i'm reminded of this constantly in my life, because there's, there's opposition that sometimes it seems so unusual. And if I'm not careful, I'll think that something is wrong with my serving or something is wrong with my giving or maybe something's broken in my faith. But I'm telling you, faith works. Faith works. So Jesus says, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Proverbs 24 and 16 says something very powerful. The Bible says this, it says that even though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. I'm just thankful today that my falling is not an indicator that my faith has failed. It's it's not an indicator that I'm out of fellowship with God. It's not an indicator that God has given up on me. Maybe I've given up on me a few times, and maybe I haven't been faithful, and maybe I've made my bed in hell. But I am thankful today that God has never left me or forsaken me. Matter of fact, he promised me that he will be with me to the end. Is there anybody in the room grateful for a God who is always, always with us? I'm so thankful for that. Now, there's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 I want to tell you about really quick because I want to make you aware not just of the spiritual battle that you have with the enemy, but I want to make you aware of what you possess in Christ because it, it's, I'm not here today to be like, man, the devil's after you. You should be really scared. No, I'm here today to give you good news. Aren't you thankful you go to church that it's all about the good news? And so there's a story in 2 Kings 6 where there's a prophet, his name is Elisha. And he's got a young servant with him, and Elisha has been, he's been informed by God about everything that's happening with the enemy, and they're frustrated, and they're trying to find out where he is, so they find out that he's in this town called Dotham. And they send, the enemy comes, they send their troops, and they surround this town. And the Bible says that one day the servant goes out, and he looks and he sees that, man, there's a lot of enemies out here. He's scared out of his mind, he runs into the problem, he's like, hey, you need to know our enemies have surrounded the town. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do. There's no escape. And the Bible says that the prophet he prays and he prays that the servant's eyes would be open to see. That there are more on their side than there are against them. And the Bible says the next morning he goes out and he looks around and he begins to realize that even though the enemy has surrounded the city, that the armies of the Lord have surrounded the enemy. I just came to tell somebody today, yet, yeah, yeah, there there needs to be an awake, there needs to be an alertness to the to the battle you have with the devil. But let's open our eyes to see that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that the enemy has been. Defeated as a matter of fact, Jesus, the Bible said, came to destroy the works of the devil. And I came to inform you today, you don't have to keep falling into temptation, you've got victory. You've got victory. Paul in Romans 7, he's, he's going on, he says, This he's like, Man, he's like, I, I keep, I'm in this battle. He's like, The things I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I, I don't want to do, I do. But he doesn't stop there. The book of Romans doesn't end with Romans 7. He keeps going and he, he keeps going into Romans 8 and he says, I, I, I want you to be aware that there's this internal struggle, but I also want you to understand there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to write words like, if God is for you, then who can be against you? I, I just want you to know today that yes, you are in a battle, but greater is he that is in you, that he that is in the world. I wonder if just for a moment, come on, second service, can we put our hands together and thank God that the greater one resides on the inside of me? Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, some things are not a failure of execution. They are actual, real spiritual opposition. And I want to tell you, listen, there is a difference between suffering the consequences of disobedience and spiritual opposition. I had a friend come to me one time. He's like, man, the devil is really fighting me. Like, what's going on? He's like, man, I stole some money, and the cops won't leave me alone. They just are... I'm like, bro, this is not the devil. These, you are suffering, these are the consequences for your actions. Come on, man, y'all know what I'm talking about. You've got to stop blaming the devil for disobedience. So, so, so I want, I want to tell you, so there's a difference, right? So there's a difference, there's a difference between like, you did this, this is what happens as a result of this, and there's something else, though, that happens when you obey that's when spiritual opposition shows up. Let me give you a story. There's a story the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 10. Just, just a couple verses in Daniel chapter 10. The Bible says that Daniel decided to seek the Lord. He decided to humble himself and seek God. And he needed an answer from God. He needed heaven to respond. Anybody in the room need heaven to respond? Like what you're going through, people can't help you. Your friends can't help Mom and dad can't fix this. You need a miracle from heaven. And this is where Daniel's at. He's like, I need a miracle. So he sets his heart to seek the Lord, and the Bible says so. He prays, and when he prays, the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter ten that that the angel is dispatched, but the angel gets held up, and so Daniel's he doesn't know this. So for twenty one days he's fasting and praying, and he's like he's like suffering, and you know how fasting and praying can be when you're like really trying something new during the prayer fasting like this. Maybe if you've never fasted social media, like this is gonna be interesting. Or you like decide to fast sugar. Look, I've never fasted sugar in my life. Look at me. So that would be a hard one. So, but, <laughs> but, but he, he makes this decision and the Bible says that, that Daniel is weak. He's at the end of himself. He's at this place where it's like, man, I, I, I wanna give up, but he keeps on praying. And then the Bible says, so the angel shows up. And when the angel shows up, Daniel discovers what was happening in the spirit realm. And I know this sounds interesting there's a spirit realm as a matter of fact, Hebrew says that the world that you see was actually framed by a world that you don 't see in other words that the the things that you're experiencing right now in this room are not as real as the spirit realm because the spirit realm created so anything that you see. In, in, in time was created from eternity, right? So, so he's, he's praying, the angel comes and he says, Hey, Daniel, from the moment you opened your mouth, God sent the answer. Some of you might be thinking, I wonder if God's made up his mind yet. God doesn't have this process where he processes God doesn't have this process where he has to think about it. I, 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 Romans eleven twenty nine 29 actually says that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. So in other words, that means that when God called you, he considered all of the options that are your life, all of the things that you would and could do, all of the, all of the, all of the new information that is new to us but not new to him, and he still called you. There is never, God doesn't get new information and go, you know, I should have thought about that. So his answer is immediate, but the answer doesn't get there immediately. I need you to understand that when you pray, God hears you immediately and the answer is dispatched, but sometimes there's opposition to the answer. And so the angel says, I was on my way, but the Prince of Persia grabbed me and we got caught up in a wrestling match. And we've been wrestling and and it got so intense. He said, I had to call on the chief of princes, Michael, and I had to tell him, man, I need help. If an angel had to call for help, what do you think we need? You cannot do this by yourself. You need this family. You need these people. You need this community. You can't do this by yourself. Even angels have to call for help. So he said, man, I had to call for help. And when the help showed up, when Michael showed up, he helped me. He's the chief of princes. I was dealing with a fallen angel. This is part. The prince of Persia was not a actual physical prince. This was a spiritual principality. This was a spiritual power over a geographical region. And this this, this this spirit power had fallen in rebellion to God. And these angels that were on the same level, they're going back and forth. And the angel's like, I can't do this by myself. I need to call for somebody who's got some authority in this situation. I need to call on the chief prince of angels and when he showed up the angel got released and the word was able to come and some of y'all you 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 don't you don't need to worry about fighting the prince of persia you need to call on the prince of peace and we got a name that's better than the name of michael we got a name that's the name of jesus and at the name of jesus every knee will bow every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of God the Father. There's not a more powerful name in all the world than the name of Jesus. I just wanted to remind you today that sometimes it's opposition and sometimes you just gotta keep calling on Jesus. He said, from the first day, you set your heart to understand and humble yourself. Man, Robbie, I just just started coming back to church in person. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I just made a decision, I'm gonna start tithing. And all of a sudden, I just made the decision to get on serve team, and all hell broke loose in my life. Don't be surprised at these things. Don't, have, don't make the assumption that when you obey, you're not doing it right. Oh man, God is so thankful. Listen, God is so grateful. God is so honored that you would even be here today. It honors the name of Jesus. It brings gratitude into the heart of God. He's jealous for you. And when you show up, you're like, Robbie, I don't feel very spiritual. You're more spiritual than you think you are. This wasn't a natural human decision you made to come to church today. All of the stuff that you went through this week, you could have been anywhere but here. You're more spiritual than you think you are. There's more victory in your life than you think there is. The devil fought you tooth and nail getting here this morning. But you woke up. You shook yourself. You were like, I'm not staying home today. I'm getting myself to the house of God because God's got a word for my life. Hey. You're doing a whole lot better than you think you are. You made a good decision today. I, I, I... I set my heart to do the will of God. No wonder, isn't it funny, like some of our worst fights, Monica and I is like on the way to church. (laughs) The devil hates it when you make a decision to set your heart on the Lord, to humble yourself. But God wants you to know your words were heard. I saw that decision and I'm on my way. I am on my way. Let me talk to you about principalities for a moment and powers, this spiritual realm. The Bible teaches us that the enemy calls him the God of this age, the God of this world. There is a certain level of influence that God has allowed the enemy to have, but that influence is limited. Remember, we talked just a moment ago, we said that that the invisible formed the visible. By faith, the worlds were framed, Hebrews says, by the word of God. In other words, the worlds were framed. There's, there's a limit. God looked at the water and said, that's far enough. God looked at the land and said, that's good. God looked at us and said, that's, that's the number of their days. There, there's a limit. There's, there's, there's a frame. There, there is a limit to the enemy's influence and power. Because Mark 12, 29, prophetically, Jesus is talking about himself. He says this. He says, the only way to go into a man's house and take all of his possessions is to first bind up the strong man. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross when he rose from the dead. Come on, he took power over death. He took power keys back. He took authority back. He conquered death. And so there is is an authority that Jesus has over death. And he wants to wake you up to that authority because he wants you to realize that you're not just in Los Angeles because there's a job here. You're not just in Los Angeles because you're looking for something. You're not just in Los Angeles because you wanted to be in this city. No, you were in Los Angeles because there is a strong man in the atmosphere that God has called you to bind. See, see that's, that's what the other people don't get. When you go on the job, it's like, man, I don't like my job. <laughs> Most people don't like their job all the time. When you, when you go into a, to a place, God sends you in there very often, and what you feel is not it's not your coworkers disliking you, what you feel because they're not your enemy. what you feel is your boss not is your boss opposed to you' it's, it's not all that what you feel is the spirit over that thing that you were sent into that place to bind in the name of Jesus that's why Zoe exists as a church that's why that's why Pastor Chad couldn't just decide in his own heart where he wanted to go he's not here because this is the city that he always wanted to be he's here because god said i need you in los angeles So he responded to a word, and when he came here, there was was a strong man that was put on notice because he has some people that he's got possession of, some resources that he has possession of, some some buildings that he has possession of, and we're in this city to bind up the strong man and go into his house and take everything that belongs to him. Come on, somebody. And so I came to tell you, you are here to bind a strong man. That's why we exist. Oh, you might love this city. You might love your job. You might, you might not like your job. You might not like this city. But if you're here, God has you here because there is an anointing on your life to break the yoke of bondage in this city. Come on, man. You got to see how valuable you are to the plan and the purpose that God has for this city. This isn't just a church just getting together, having good meetings and good conferences. And y'all have some of the best meetings and best conferences I've ever been to, but this is a church with authority in this city. This is a church that has power over principalities and powers in this city. So he doesn't just deal with geographical areas, he also deals with people groups. He also likes to set himself up in families, the enemy. In the bloodline. In the bloodline, have you ever just kind of looked over the history of your family and you thought that same thing that I'm dealing with? My my dad struggled with that. That thing that I'm really walking through right now, man. That seemed to be the same thing that went after my mom. Oh, man, I saw that that same pattern was in my grandfather and my my great-grandfather. The Bible talks about how sin likes to visit itself and keep reoccurring and keep showing up in the bloodline. And so when Jesus came and he died on the cross, no wonder he spilt his blood because the only way you can deal with an issue in the blood is new blood. So no wonder the Bible says, I, I am a New creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. When you got saved, I want you to know what you did. You slammed the fa- the door in the face of the devil. And you said, even though it didn't start with me, it finishes with me that thing that's been running through my family and trying to attach itself to me and trying to run my life and trying to keep me depressed and trying to keep me in anxiety and trying to keep me in fear. No more, devil. I've got power over it in the name of Jesus. There is victory in my bloodline. And the same thing that plagued my fathers and my grandfathers doesn't have to plague me. I can stop it in the bloodline. I can give my life to Jesus. I can shut the door on the devil. And I can say, not in me, not in my kids, not in my grandkids. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody determined to serve the Lord? I'm determined. I'm more determined than ever. You can't throw me off, God. You can do whatever you want to do. You throw these past two years. You can throw economic crisis. You can throw a pandemic. You can throw whatever. We're still here. And we are more committed to the house of God, to the work of God, to the church of the living God, to seeing people hear the gospel than we've ever been committed before. Because we have the greatest, most powerful, most freeing, most delivering message ever existed in the human history. Now I'm excited to talk about, I don't know if you can tell. Am I sweating through this shirt? Yeah, yeah just a little bit. Praise God. So he goes, he goes, I, I sent the answer. I got held up, but I'm here. And then watch what he says. He says, now I want to tell you, about all the wonderful things that are in your future. All the things that I have to say to you, I wanna talk to you. See, that's why the devil fights you so bad because he wants you to get hung up on your past. He doesn't want you to hang in there until you get that word about your future. He wants you to give up. That's why the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good because if you don't quit, man, you, there's, there's a harvest coming. There is your day is coming. The angel of the Lord is on his way. So don't give up. I think sometimes one of the most difficult things that we face is, I'll put it to you this way. I had a a friend just recently come to me and I've I've just seen something in the Bible that I, I had never really seen before in my life. And but a friend ignited this in me. He came to me, he goes, he was really struggling. He was he was in what we're talking about today, just a spiritual struggle. And he goes, man, he goes, I guess, I guess maybe God just dropped the hedge. Maybe God just let the hedge down and and you know he's letting the devil kind of do his thing in my life, maybe. And then when he said that, something irritated me about it. Drop the hedge. What are you, what are you referring to? And then I thought, oh, 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 I know where he got that. He's talking about Job. See, there's, there's a story in the book of Job. There's a man who went through a lot of suffering. The Bible says in the book of Job that the devil and God are having this conversation. And the devil is talking to God about Job, and God is talking to the devil about Job, and the devil says, hey, if if you'll let me test Job, I promise you he'll stop worshiping you, he'll stop serving you, because the only reason he really loves you is because of the stuff that you've given him. (laughs) <laughs> so the Bible says that God dropped the hedge, this, this protection, because the enemy was like, I try to get to him, but you've always got some sort of force field around him, and I can't touch him. So the Bible says God dropped the hedge and allowed the enemy with something, I, I, I felt like a, a new covenant, anger just like rise up on the inside of me i'm like first of all you do know that job is probably most scholars believe job is probably the oldest book of the bible so we're talking before the promise given to abraham by faith we're talking before moses and the 10 commandments we're definitely talking before jesus and his crucifixion his death burial and resurrection so this new covenant kind of like fire and anger rose up i'm like What are you talking about, bro? Drop the hedge? Don't you understand that Job is not a story about how God will drop the hedge and allow the enemy to come into your life? Job is a story now because of the cross that teaches us how to suffer, but it's not a pattern for how God allows us to suffer. I said, bro, you realize now that, that I don't know what the hedge was for Job but I know what the hedge is for you and for me. The hedge is Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus forever lives to make intercession. So, so when you're talking about Job, you're talking about a heaven without an intercessor. But now I have an intercessor. I have an advocate with the Father. I have a a Jesus who's praying for me. So I don't have to worry about a hedge dropping because Jesus isn't leaving his throne anytime soon. I came to tell somebody today that you have the victory in the name of Jesus. Satan is a defeated foe. All he has is accusation. And listen, listen, when when he tries to do what he did to Job, to us, and he goes to God, and he's like, Robbie won't love you if you take his stuff. Robbie won't trust you if you take his stuff. Jesus steps up and says, "I I don't even need Robbie to take that test. I took that test, and I passed that test for Robbie. And when Jesus is interceding with God, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus is asking God for another chance. Oh, God, would you please not burn him up? Oh, God, would you please just keep your temper, keep your calm? Jesus isn't, like, just holding God back. The picture you should have in your mind of Jesus as your intercessor is Jesus. All Jesus is telling God to do is give you what belongs to him. So that's why I have a good expectation today. The news can say whatever the news wants to say. The economy can say whatever the economy wants to say. All of the the specialists can say whatever they want to say. Doctors can say whatever they want to say. But I have an advocate with the Father, even Christ Jesus. And I know with all of my heart that he is standing there and he's saying, God, give him what belongs to me. Don't give him what belongs to him. Give him what belongs to me. And so I have an expectation of good because the only thing coming to me is what's coming to Jesus. Because I am an heir. <laughs> so I, I came to tell you, hey, be aware of the spiritual nature of your Christian walk. Be aware that you have an enemy who is after you. But also awaken to the fact that you have the overcomer. You have the advocate. You have relationship with God. That failure is not a, it's is, is falling, is not a failure of faith. It's just an it's an it's a resistance. It's a reluctance. It's an unwillingness to recognize that, man, I am in a spiritual battle. And I even though I want to I want to answer with my flesh, I answer with my spirit. Remember, he's Paul said he said, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're not careful. You'll just be online, just taking everybody out, just trying to fight all these fights, just mad over everything anybody said you be subtweeting under everything and just, like, with all this, like, this, like, just hatred and vitriol and just mad at everything in the world and not realizing that, wait, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not my enemy. Those people are not my enemy. Those people are my mission. I'm at war with the spirit behind those words. I'm at war with the spirit behind what's happening in governments and and in communion. I'm not at war with the I'm not at war with the mayors and the governors. I'm at war with the Prince of Persia, the spiritual authority that actually, because of Christ now has no authority. God's just waiting for somebody to come in and bind up the strong you He's like, but Robbie, you don't understand me. And he's like, I, 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 bro, I'm just too broken for all of this. Like, I I'm just. I'm glad you said that about coming to church today because this is this is all I've got. Too broken. You don't understand like my family history. You don't understand how deeply rooted that issue in my family is. You, you don't get it. I you don't you don't understand how tight the enemy's grip is on my life. I feel so shattered. I feel so broken. I feel so unusable. I feel so unworthy. My brother came to me years ago and he said, Robbie, I gotta go to rehab. We knew something was going on. We knew something was up. He said, but I'm at a place in my life where I I can't. You know me, Robbie. I've I've been strong my whole life. My brother's the toughest guy you ever met. We pulled up on our house one night, and the doors were open. And I'm on the phone calling the cops, just like looking out. And my brother runs into the house, and he grabs the little poker in the fire, and he's like screaming, bring it on. This is my brother. (laughs) You know him. He's wild. Strongest man I've ever known like I can't beat this. so he he goes to rehab he goes and sees doctors and the doctors begin to reveal things to us that we had no idea were going on in his life some of his actual physical struggles and the the imbalances in his chemistry and some of the reasons why he was able he was unable to control his impulses he goes through this whole process and he gets clean he's like He's six or seven years clean now. He's, he's up, he's, he's, it's a total miracle. God saved his marriage, he, and he's our worship leader. And he led worship while he was in rehab. How weird is that? Not in the church, in rehab. He's like pulling his guitar out, just playing for all of the guys. That's what he does. He's the worship leader at our church, but he spends more time during the week in rehab facilities than he does in a sanctuary. He's just singing, bringing deliverance. And he said to me, he said, he said, Robbie, he said over the past five years of my life, he said, I have won more people to Christ than the first 35 years of my life. And he said, Robbie, I used to think that I was too broken for God to use me. I was too shattered. He said, Robbie, have you ever had like a, a, a serving jar in your house and you put water in it, and, but you accidentally drop it and it falls on the floor? Now that serving jar, when it's together, it's not sharp. You can put your hand on any, the handle, the top, you can carry it, from, you can carry it anywhere. It's not sharp, but when it, when it falls on the ground and it breaks and it's broken and it's shattered, it becomes very sharp. He said, Robbie, what I started to realize What God was doing in me is the enemy tried to break me and he tried to break me into a million pieces, but he didn't realize that it's the broken pieces that make the sharpest weapons. I said, That's a revelation, bro. That's a revelation because the enemy thought he was breaking you. He didn't realize he was turning you into a weapon. And I know you're going through some stuff right now, and you're like out of your mind. You don't understand and You feel so shattered. You still feel so all over the place. But I'm telling you, if you're just, just make yourself aware that this is, this is not, this is not the fault of my faith. This is not that I haven't been attending church enough, read my Bible enough. it's, this is, this is opposition. The devil wants to destroy me. He wants to get me so discouraged that I think I'm unusable, I'm unworthy. But God has come today to remind me that he takes these broken things and he turns them into weapons. And what the enemy meant for evil. God turns it around for your good. Wow, God, you, you really do. He, he really does know what he's doing. So today, Father, in Jesus' name, would you stand on your feet today? In Jesus' name, we, we declare that whatever opposes us, we declare that we have victory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Will you look at me for a second? Years ago, our, our oldest son, Judah, he's now 20 years old. He was about eight weeks old and he went into the hospital for a couple weeks and he had like this blood condition that they couldn't figure out. They tried all these antibiotics and they even came to us a couple times and they were just like, we're not sure. He, we, we pray he's gonna make it through the night. We're just not sure. We cannot find a solution to this problem. And my, uh, my grandmother, she came by the hospital and she was praying and she said something so powerful. She said, she said, as she's praying, she said, I plead the blood. And I said, "Mama, what are you talking about when you say I plead the blood? She said, Robbie, there's a story in Exodus, she said, where the angel of death is passing through. But if the people of God had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, then the angel would pass over. And she said, Robbie, there's a difference between God supplying what you need and you applying what He's given you. That's why that's why Paul says in Ephesians, he says, put it on. I'll supply it. You must apply it. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? And like, but, I, but I've tried. Oh, keep trying. Keep going to God. Don't, don't you ever stop. You have no idea when the day your breakthrough is going to come. There's a story in Judges, and I'll leave you with this. There's a woman named Deborah, and the Bible says that she calls this man named Barack to her. He's the, he's the captain of the armies. And she says to him, she looks at him in the face, and she says, has not the Lord said? In other words, she's saying, there's a word that God's given you, and you're not doing it she said we're not losing because we don't have the right weapons we're not losing because we don't have the right people we're not losing because we are inferior we are losing because god gave you a word and you won't obey it so she came to him she said has not the lord said and i'm telling you today there's a word that is in your spirit and you know but you've been so hurt and you've been so disillusioned and, and the enemy, like Pastor Julius said, he's made you weary. But today you're coming alive again. And that word is coming up in your spirit again. And you're like, maybe today's the day that I begin to obey. Maybe the day is, today is the day that I act on that word. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank God that he's reminding us what he said to us. So for every person in this room today, you're experiencing unusual opposition. Will you throw your hands up in the air? Unusual opposition.